A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. More and more entrepreneurs and investors are discovering the awesome franchise opportunities that exist across a variety of industries. Franchising can simply be the better path and interest in franchising is at an all time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of FranBridge Consulting and a past Millionaire University guest is here to help you explore the premier franchise opportunities today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest franchise brokerage in the U.S. and have vetted the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the franchise world, including both active and passive opportunities. From tiny homes to youth soccer to industrial hoses to pets, senior care to mental health and more. John has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor and is a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he does more placements than anyone else in the country. Sign up for a free consultation call with John today or get a free copy of his book, Non-Food Franchising, at franbridgeconsulting.com. That's franbridgeconsulting.com. Available in the U.S. and Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your favorite podcast, Millionaire In today's episode, we have our first ever interview with none other than a brother from my same mother. My brother Derek and I talk about all the things, how he got involved in entrepreneurship from flipping a couple houses to his rock chip repair business, to his app business, to his Airbnb business, as well as his current partnership with Janela Bay, which is essentially an e-commerce slash retail business. The thing I love most about this interview is you're going to see that Derek is just a normal guy. In fact, between the two of us, there were so many repeated phrases and filler words, and I spent hours editing this thing. But the reason I bring that up is sometimes I listen to a podcast or a book and it's just over my head and it makes me feel like, I don't know if I can do this. But one of our main goals here at Millionaire University is to keep it simple and let you know that you can do this. 
anyone can start a business. And Derek has a great way of just keeping it real and keeping it simple and down to earth. So without any further ado, let's get to the interview with me and my broski, Derek Williams. What's up, brother? Hey, how's it going? Good. Why don't you give some of your background so everyone can have a little bit of context? I will start off by saying most of our siblings are very entrepreneurial, which is interesting. Yeah, I've been an entrepreneur, I don't know, the past 15 or so years, kind of full time. But when people ask, because you are Stephen, me, Brittany, Jenny, and her husband, people are like, whoa. Why are you well, guys Trent too. He owns like practices, right? Yeah. Trent is husband. Yeah. But they asked me that and I'm like, actually, my parents were hard workers and they were go-getters, not necessarily super entrepreneurial, but I believe that our family mostly gets it from you because you were the older brother, you dropped out of college, started a business young, you hired us, we worked for you, we worked with you, we did real estate with you, we did other investing, anyways. And you would never let us leave the table without knowing business ownership was the way to go and college was last year. Mom and dad were always doing MLMs and they were always trying to make money and taking us to sell candy bars and all that. I'd go to like MLM conventions in Las Vegas and they introduced me to Rich yeah. Dad Poor Dad. But you're right, they didn't go start any hardcore business. But I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur when we were younger. When I was in college, I flipped my first house and that was great. I made thousands of dollars on it. I wanted to make extra money during the summer. So I worked for a guy repairing rock chips and car windshields. And we would just go door to door and asking people if we could repair the rock chip. You go through their insurance and it's free to them. And then our company gets paid and I would get paid. So I saw, okay, I'm doing all the work. My boss is taking half of the money or more sometimes because they would tell me on the phone what we're getting billed and I was like getting paid less than half of that. So the next year I decided to just do it myself. And how did I know how to start a rock chip repair business? I just Googled the name on the rock chip repair kit that I had. It was like Delta kits or whatever. Googled that, found the website, bought a kit. And then I just called some of these rock chip companies and I'm like, I'm a new company. How do I get registered? And they're like, oh, you just fill this out or do this. So I did that with these different companies, got registered. Boom, I was on my way. And I'll tell you what about business. My advice, try and make your first dollar as soon as you can. Because once you get a little taste of how you could do something and you make money and you're like, I just made money doing that. If I did that a thousand times, money would be like that, right? So went out, started doing rock chips myself. I got my first paycheck and it was like three or four times what it would have been. So I did that for a summer, loved it, made good money. The next summer I thought if I can do this for myself, I might as well hire people to do it for me. So I did that for a summer and I had like 10 guys working for me. I had a partner and we did a lot of good stuff together, but partners are good, but they're also hard because we were always like, are you working? Actually, I'm at the lake today. Oh, I thought you were gonna be working. So the partner thing with him didn't really work out and made good money, but also it was really hard to manage door-to-door -door employees. And even though they were getting paid pretty well, they would get like $20 per repair. And sometimes they do two or three an hour. That still wasn't really enough to keep them happy. So I quickly learned that door-to-door -door people, they need to be paid a lot. 
because yeah. it's a hard job, totally. which I also did summer sales a couple of years prior to that. I worked for you for a little bit. So that's, that's the awesome. business. I forgot about rock chip repair. Yeah. And my exit of that is I was like, okay, I need to get out. It's too hard to manage people. A couple of the guys that worked for me ended up buying all my equipment because they wanted to do the same thing I was doing. And one of those guys now owns a really big clothing brand that he's just killing it. I haven't really kept in touch with him very well, but he started right there, you know, him and his buddy. And now they're very successful. I feel like most people, when they think about starting a business, they way overthink it. And you're like, oh, I'm working for this guy. I can do this. You went out, you Googled it and you figured out how to do it. And then you just took action and figured it out as you went. And in my opinion, if you want to start a business, find something that doesn't cost a lot of money to get into and go yes. do it tomorrow or next week, or whatever, and see how it goes. Start making money. Like I said, see how it goes. You got to work hard, but you see how it goes. I learned within a year or two, like I made money while I was learning, but I learned that working with door-to-door -door salesmen is hard and you've got to pay them a lot for them to be happy. So what's interesting so, is a lot of people are like, oh, then that business fell. Most businesses fell. I'm like, what does that even mean? Derek went and started a business. He did it for a while. He learned a ton. He made better money than he would have on his own. And then he sold the stuff to someone else, but he took all those lessons with him. The business did not fail. Derek did not fail. Derek learned and grew. I just try to get rid of that myth yeah. because I feel like it holds a lot of people back. Yeah, I learned so much from that and it helped me realize, oh, I can make money on my own. Holy. And and so then in college, I flipped another house with our brother, Steven. That's right. So he found the house and I took care of funding and I found the contractor to fix it. And then we split the profits. So made another 20 to 30 grand doing that. You and Steven both pursued real estate more. I never really loved the idea of flipping houses because mm -hmm. like you're only as good as your next house. Both of my scenarios were easy because I didn't have to find the house. One, I built the house and flipped it. The other one, Steven found it and that's what he was doing and I had other connections and so it worked well for both of us. Pretty much anything you're interested in getting into, there's so much more information about it either online or at clubs than you even realize. Yes. And you just need to make an effort to find out about it and go to those clubs or look online. There's a whole network that you had no idea existed. So flipping houses, for example, when I first started doing that, oh, I was like working for you, helping you like find deals and flip houses. And you start to go to these, these RIA meetings, you find all all these other entrepreneurs that are just like you that are wanting to flip houses as well. And some have done deals, some have done 20 deals, some want to do programs. There's real estate agents there, there's money people there, there's lenders, there's everything. And you shouldn't just go work with the first person you find. But if you talk to everybody you meet there, you could learn from 50 people who are at all stages of that game. Yeah. So I learned that with real estate. Then as I was living with roommates, I had one that was doing mobile app development using overseas talent. And I'm like, Dude, you're killing it. He was making six figures, just building apps. Awesome. And so I was like, could I take you to dinner and learn some about what you do? And he said, sure. Dinner cost me 20 bucks. And he taught me how to build mobile apps. And for the next few years, developers overseas in Ukraine, Pakistan, Romania, a little in China and India, developers and designers. And using them, we built like 20 apps that I had on the store and made a ton of money 
me doing that. This was seven, eight, nine years ago, but I didn't know how to develop mobile apps. He gave me a few ideas and then I just would Google it or go to some of these forums. And there was a whole community online that was doing it. Flipping apps, you can buy different apps online. There's different websites that host them. What I got really good at was monetizing the apps. I found an app that was getting a bunch of downloads, but it was just a free app. So I took this app that had a lot of users and I made a freemium version out of it, which means I made it free for the first 10% of the app. And then to do anything more, you had to pay. Yeah. And I got a few negative reviews when I first did that. Nobody likes paying, but people sure. were paying. And I was actually making money where the person before me wasn't the person yeah. who sold me the app. So I took it and I made a freemium model and I put ads on there. I think maybe that's the only thing there was ads, but I made it so you could remove the ads for a payment, different types of freemiums. And I just became an expert at building mobile apps that weren't even super sophisticated, just simple games or design type apps. For the games, I would charge money for coins and people would pay real money for fake coins in the game. <laughs> That's awesome. That turned out to be a very successful thing that I did for a few years. And why did you stop doing that? I don't know if this is totally why, but when me, you and Steven tried to build that one oh, online yeah. business, software, yeah. I focused all my time on that and I let the mobile app business, because I was already burned out by it. Yeah, but I just kind of moved on from it. I bring up that business for you. Sometimes people think everything I touch turns to gold. I'm like, no, I've quote unquote yeah. fell at multiple businesses, but I didn't really fell. I just realized I'd rather spend my time, energy, attention, effort over here. Learn from everything. Yeah, but I learned a lot doing that. I don't know how to develop apps, but I learned how to work with overseas talent. Upwork, Fiverr are a couple websites. If anybody wants to do anything. The talent's going to be a little less than America, but they're going to be a hundred times less expensive. So you just have to hold their hand through the process. And if you find the right people, yeah. like you said, it's cheap and easy. It's there. It's fast. We were editing a lot of our videos, like our TikToks or our shorts or whatever ourselves. And it just took a lot of time. We're training Brogan to do it too. And we just did a video that I just sent to somebody and look, it's like, I press send, it comes back. And for $10, it's done. And I gave him like one piece of feedback and then it's done. And the truth is he'll do, right. if you send him more, he'll do them for like $5. I'm like, this is going to change our life. And that's just one little example. Yeah. And it's all about, these are other people overseas that want work. I can give you work. Here's 10 bucks for you yep. to edit this. And he's probably just waiting there hungry for work. Totally. And so it's cool to be able to help people make money too. Yep. Um, I love it. Yeah. So finding the right people, it sometimes takes time, but I worked with this guy, Salim Mohammed from Pakistan for a couple of years. <laughs> we would FaceTime every night from like 10 PM till midnight or 1 AM. And then I would go to sleep. He would do the work. I would wake up and I would see all the work that was done and test it out and make the corrections. But he would tell me about his dating and about his family and they wanted to do arranged marriages, but he wanted to do a love marriage. Anyways, it was like, he became <laughs> one of my awesome. best friends. That's awesome. Awesome. And he was a guy in Pakistan. And then he ended up getting married. And I'm like, what could I get you as a gift? And he said, the one thing I would want is for you to come to my wedding. Wow. And I didn't go because I was scared to go to Pakistan. But oh, wow. anyways, oh, we were amazing. buds. So I was doing that and had a lot of money in the bank because that was really successful. And at yeah, you were the same time, time, you've always traveled a ton. A yeah, lot. traveling right. stuff. I was single. So it was pretty easy and yeah. a lot of money and just hanging out. And then at that same time, my mom, our mom approached me about Airbnb. This was seven years ago okay. before anybody was really doing it. We knew someone in Southern Utah that was doing an Airbnb by Zion National Park. And 
their one bedroom Airbnb was paying for their home mortgage. Crazy. I saw that and just understanding numbers and basic math, I'm like, that's amazing. And so her and I opened up an Airbnb. Get this, we bought a three bedroom, two bathroom, half an acre, recently been flipped. So it was all painted, new carpet, everything, beautiful yard for $185,000. Yeah. And now I think that same property is like half a million. In fact, you could build the house is zoned where we could build another structure on the house. So my mom actually had the idea and I went in on it with her. So we did our first Airbnb seven years ago and I said, okay, let's do one and test it out. And then in a year, if we like it, if everything's going well, we'll do another two or three months into it. The money's just coming in and I'm like, why wait? <laughs> so then we got our second, third, fourth. And anyways, now I've got some with them and some on my own, but we've got 10 Airbnbs between the two of us. And that's been a great business as well. So going back, flipping the couple of houses and learning about real estate investing, I was able to see the numbers and see how good of numbers doing the Airbnb stuff was, especially early on. Like it was so good. And I would tell people about it, but nobody wanted to listen to me. <laughs> I'd say it's the easiest money you'll ever make. Yeah, and nobody wanted to listen. My brothers kept flipping houses and I was like, just hold on to them and Airbnb them. But nobody <laughs> wanted to listen. Just kidding. Now I was doing the mobile app thing and that, which is also why I stopped doing the mobile apps. I got busy. Gotcha. Yeah. getting the Airbnbs. So let's dive into Airbnb. Through being an entrepreneur and business owner, I have become really good at systems and setting up systems, which I know you're great at. But most people, when they have an Airbnb, these ones were four hours away from where I was living. Most people would think that you need to hire a management company. Management company for Airbnb or vacation rentals takes 30% of your profit. That's an insane. It's like revenue. 30% of the revenue. Of the revenue. So yeah. they kind of take all the profit. They take right. most of the, yeah, I mean, I've heard you mention that as a business because you can make a bunch of money. Oh, if you want a great business idea, vacation rental manager. In fact, yeah. if you want to hit me up, I will go in on it with you if you do the work and I'll teach you how to do it. Totally. Uh, it's a lot of work to be a manager. To do anything is going to be a lot of work. And the hardest part really is finding people, but there's a lot of ways to find them and Anyway, that's what I would do if I had some free time and was looking to start a different business. But so I've managed all those myself because I've set them up on systems. We've got cleaners in the area. Each cleaner has one house or two houses that they're in charge of. They clean it. They let us know if anything's wrong with it. If they can't clean it, they're in charge of finding another cleaner within our network to clean it for them. We've set up a Google calendar that they're connected to that's also connected to the houses. So when a house gets booked, it notifies them on their Google calendar. I don't have to tell them anything. We've got them each their own credit card with a $500 limit. When their house needs more supplies like toilet paper or other cleaning stuff or whatever, they go to the store, buy it, send us a picture of the receipt and they take care of all of that. So the only thing we have to do is pay them at the end of the month and that's how we deal with them. I've got a plumber in the area. I've got an electrician in the area. I've got a handyman in the area. So anytime anything needs help of these 10 properties, I know exactly who to call and it just is like clockwork how do you teach that skill because i'm the same way i think 
think of everything that needs to be done. And it's like, how can I get someone else to do this? That's like one of the main skills of being an entrepreneur. First, you got to take action because you got to figure out what has to get done. And then you figure out what has to get done. And then you figure out how to get people to do those things, right? Yeah, that's it. Maybe we should write a book. Ready, fire, aim. There's a book written, right? I think the mindset has to be, how can I hire out the stuff that I'm doing for this business, right? Mm -hmm. But I always like to do it first so I know what really needs to be done and how much it should cost. So I start the Airbnb. We would furnish them all ourselves because mom liked doing that, but you could hire someone to furnish them. But then it's, okay, I need a cleaner. So I get a cleaner and then it's, oh, I need a cleaner again. So I'd find a different cleaner. Now I'm finding a cleaner each time. If I could find just one person to clean, then that cuts that step out of what I have to do, right? So now I find one cleaner and then we got another house and we had that cleaner cleaning them both. So he was doing great. And then we got a third house and he's like, I can't clean all three. So we're like, okay, I guess we need a different cleaner to clean the third house. But anytime that cleaner needs help, he can let the first cleaner know. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. So it's just a process that you just eliminate these jobs as you go. Every time they need some more toilet paper, I'm ordering it from Amazon. And now they need cleaner and now they need new sheets. Okay, let me let you do that. But I only know you 70, 80%. So I'm going to give you more power to do that. I pay them an extra $50 a month to manage the house. And it's their job to go out and buy all those things. And then they have to send me the receipt of everything they're buying so I can verify that it's for the house and all of that. It's a game, right? If you think about business as a game and how do I win at this game, which is making money and not doing as much, just don't do anything really stupid. It's going to lose you a lot of money. But other than that, there's no rules. It's a game that you make and you make up the rules essentially. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MU, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MU to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MU. Want to know a secret? There's more to becoming a millionaire than making money. We talk a lot about building businesses and taking the road less traveled to achieve your goals. But the most successful entrepreneurs we know will tell you investing and growing your money is an essential component to creating wealth, which is why we're really excited about today's sponsor for this episode, Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. It's never too late to start growing, and it's never too early either. You've heard us say about a million times on this podcast that it takes small, consistent steps to build big results. And we love Acorns and how accessible it is to people at all levels of investment knowledge. So head to acorns.com forward slash MU or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. 
paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. You import disclosures at acorns.com/mu. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC. Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC. Member FINRA/SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Maybe that's what we should call the book, the game. You're the coach, right? If you're the business owner, you're the coach, and you've got your team. And if you've got your pitcher in there that's just killing it, you can't just leave the game. You got to make sure the pitcher's doing good, the second base is doing good. You've got everyone in their spots, but all of a sudden the pitcher's arm gets tired. Your cleaner starts slacking. Okay, you go to the mound. How are you doing? How are you feeling? You got it in you or do we need to move on and get a new pitcher? I've still got it. They throw a few more. Actually, they don't have it. Maybe they think they do. So then you go to them and you say, we need to get a new pitcher. So the same thing. I had to fire a cleaner last year. She was like, hey, I need to get paid more. And she gave me all these demands that she needed. And she was cleaning like two or three of my houses. And I think in her mind, she was like, this is what I need. And so you need to pay it to me. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, that's not going to work out with me. And she called me. She's like, I can't believe you would do this to me. I've been such a good worker for you for all these years. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything to you. You're the one that's changing the situation. And I'm like, if this is what I need to pay you, and this is what you need to make, we're not yeah, matching up. So I'm going to let you go and find someone that's here. And you could go and try to find someone else that's there. I just kind of emphasize that like, even though you have set everything up and all the systems, you still got to be watching and just making sure totally. all is going well. Totally. And Who moved if my there's team, a baffle, right? then you get rid of it. Totally. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up so, because it, hiring, working with people isn't easy. But if and when you do solve for that, it'll change your life. But then you have to stay on top of it. Yes. Or eventually, with yes. your baseball and, analogy, you eventually hire a manager. Someone else right. can run it. But you got to be making the but money. But guess what? That's more money. Yeah, but guess what? Every once in a while, a manager gets fired too. But yeah, it's all working up to it. And some managers also coach or whatever. Or you set up um, a system that manages itself, which is kind of like what you've done. And that's what I've done. In my yeah. Businesses. But you have to all work up to it. And sometimes you got to work back down. Totally. Look at all these big tech companies. They're firing a bunch of people. And probably everybody there is, okay, we went from doing a lot to a little. Now we've got to do a lot again yeah. to yep. stay afloat. So yep. you just got to always be over it. But it takes time to set it up. So mobile app business is coming down and the Airbnbs is taking off. So it's going like this. And my sister Brittany approaches me and she has been interested in designing swimsuits since she was young. In high school, she designed some of her own swimsuits. She likes a little more coverage than what they were offering out there. So she would make her own suits and her own cuts. And she loved that. And then she went to like a little bit of fashion design school in college. And anyways, six or seven years ago, she and her husband approached me and or she's making suits. And I'm like, those are awesome. You should sell them yeah. or something like that. And then she posts them on Instagram and people like them. And she posts another one and people like it. And she shares it with her friends and they're like, I like that. Where can I buy it? So she and her husband approached me and because they knew I had some business experience working with overseas business. So this is another thing where a previous business that I had done is now helping me with this future business where even though I don't do mobile apps anymore, but I've learned a lot from it. So I knew how to connect with overseas people and communicate with them. And the whole story is cloudy now to me, but I helped them connect with like a factory in China or someone that could connect them with a factory in China. And then I invested some money into their business 
And I was just a silent partner for the first little bit. So I gave them some money to get it started. And then- They had already um, started it, but they wanted to ramp up or no? Had they not totally started at that point? Okay. They talked to me about stuff and then somehow they got connected with the factory in China. Yeah. And then they approached me and they're like, okay, it's going to cost us 20 grand or whatever to really get going. And so I agreed to a deal with them where I became part owner of their company and I gave them money as an investment. I would assume you understood the return of the value of the money based on all the different real estate, the different things that you had done, right? In your past. And exactly, exactly. If I'm investing this amount and if the business could make this amount, it's just like flipping 20 houses. We used to do this a lot. You would have all your percentages and you're like, this is how you make the money, you know, I love as investor. Too. But it's all in business. And in fact, this goes back to like where people are like, math's not important. You never use it in the real world. Totally. Yeah, you don't really use calculus and trig and all that. Yeah. But you do use a lot of basic logic and percents yep. and that yep. stuff. And so even though, yeah, you don't need all that extensive math, no. but you do need to know percentages and you do need basic math. So yeah. pay attention in like multiplication math. and percentages. Yeah, pay attention in like math 1010, but not math 2020. Yes. Whatever that is. Yeah. So I invested, but this is an important part of it. I didn't just say, here's the 20 grand. I said, where is this money? Money going? What are we doing with this money? They're like, oh, that's going to buy samples. That's going to buy the first round of suits. Okay. I want to see a sample. And before we buy it, it's going to be perfect. And we're going to get 10 samples and keep the top three because I'm not just throwing this money away and letting the business die. If I'm putting money into this, I want the business to be successful. And so you're required to make sure like these suits are the best quality and the samples fit perfect before I actually give you more money. So like we started with five grand and it was like, get your first round of suits. But before we really move on, I want to see that this is the right quantity, that it's selling, all of that. So they made the first order and it went well. And so it was like, okay, here's another five grand. You place your next order and that went well. It was like, okay, I'm starting to believe in you and with my money, essentially. Even though I was giving them the money, there was like some caveats because I was a silent partner as far as the business goes, but I wasn't going to just let them waste my money. Like I wanted to say in that it was my investment. And you wanted to see them succeed, obviously. Yeah. And they were young entrepreneurs. They didn't really have much. That's the thing that's the thing about like Brittany. She's amazing, but she's not like this like cutthroat, diehard, typical entrepreneur, right? In the past. Yeah. uh, She become more, a little more feisty and gets a little more. (laughs) I never said she wasn't feisty, but I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I'm just saying, I think a lot more people can start businesses than people might think. You don't have to be this insane, crazy entrepreneur. She wanted a modest swimsuit suit. She made one. People yeah. liked it. She started selling them. She's like, how can I do more of this? Exactly. She had the vision. And in fact, the reason why I was willing to invest in her and Kaylin is because she was so passionate about this yeah. thing she was doing, True. which it takes passion to really be successful as an entrepreneur because no one's going to be telling you what to do. Nope. You have to think of it yourself. There's no one above you. So you've got to be the one that comes up with the ideas and what to do. Anyway, so part of the story is that's how I also helped. We had the Instagram. It was going well and we built a website and, you know, it was selling suits. And I'm like, all right, we've got to figure out how to get these suits in front of more people, like more eyes. And so I'm like, what if we did a kiosk at the mall? And anybody I say that to is like, a kiosk selling swimsuits without fitting rooms? That's the dumbest <laughs> idea. Yeah, it is a dumb idea. But guess what? It gets the suits in front of people's right. eyes that haven't they've never seen them before. And we would do all sorts of things like 
We would, they would go into the bathroom and they'd give us some collateral to try them on. They would go into the store right next to us and sneak them into the fitting room, try on one of their shirts and our swimsuits. We just did what we did. And a few times we got busted because stores caught us. But you know what? It <laughs> built the brand. It built the business. Well, and it proved the idea. Yeah, exactly. There's more and more people that want this. So the kiosks were successful. So then we opened up four kiosks and... Those were all successful in different malls. Yeah. And so then I'm like, what if we opened a store? And there was a lot of pushback for that. And so I'm like, I'll pay for the store and the money we make from the store sales will pay it off. I will fund it, cover everything that doesn't get covered in the sales of the store, essentially. From day one, from month one, the store was profitable. So I didn't have to cover anything. And then, so that store was successful. And here we are five, six, seven years later with eight stores and doing big online stuff, doing wholesaling. Oh, and three or four years ago, I totally sold out of the mobile app business. I sold that to a company out in San Francisco and I went all in on Janela Bay, the swimsuit company. So now I help them with that and I manage the vacation rentals. And you just That's recently kind of happened to have four kids. Yeah, and last year I married a <laughs> widow with kids. I was single for my whole life, never married. And then I married a widow with three kids and we just had a baby. And so now life is busy. (laughs) Derek went from being uh, the most free to being the busiest. Amazing family. Lauren's awesome. And the kids, they are movers and shakers for sure. Yeah, for sure. So that's my entrepreneurial journey. As far as like why work for yourself, it's just so if you like being told what to do, then go work for someone, you yeah, know? Exactly. And if you like making a fixed amount of money, which some people do. Some people do. Somewhere between 40, 50 grand to 150 grand. That's probably around where you'll make Depending on yourself. what you're doing. Doctors, yeah. lawyers might make a little more. Yeah. Big time like VPs or whatever. But that's where you'll what you'll make. Which that's great money. Now you're a prisoner to the job. You can work from home, I guess, and things are getting more lax in a lot of workplaces. But like working for yourself, as long as you're making money, you can work as hard or as not hard as you want, just depending on what you need or how the yeah. money's coming in or what the business is doing. And you set it up the right way. And it's great. Yeah. The I could never work for anybody again. Just Yeah, just no, no way. The last time that I worked a real job was, I guess I did work a little bit after that, but The main last job I worked, you had some football game, like a big game I wanted to go watch. I'm like, hey, I got to leave like an hour early to go to my brother's game. Okay, as long as you get everything taken care of. These guys were just like hanging out and smoking all day. This was at the Frito-Lay warehouse and just not doing anything. I busted my butt that day so I could leave on time. And at the end, I'm like, hey, I got to go. You aren't going anywhere. And I'm like, yes, I am. I told you I needed to leave and I've worked really hard today. And I did all this stuff. We're not done. So you're not going anywhere. And I just waited till the time I was checking someone out through the clipboard on the box and said, peace out. One of the guys that I was checking out is telling me I should key all over the box. Of course, I wouldn't have done that. (laughs) (laughs) But you want to, you're like, I just can't. I don't like other people controlling my life. I want to be in control of my own life. So you and I are both very unemployable. Why I was laughing because... I think I might have been the last person that you worked for. So I may have been the one to make you unemployable. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Even with you, like you wanted me to work as if it was my own business, which because you you value that kind of work ethic, but it wasn't my own business. 
And so I'm like, what do I get out of it? I'm not the business owner here. You're just, I'm just an employee. I don't want, I want free time. I want my evenings free. And you're like, if you get a call at night, you got to take it. And I'm like, screw you. You want me to, so there's like a problem there. But so I'm like, no, I want to hire someone to take that call at night. That's what you were doing to me. It comes down to kind of like what you're saying. Not that I'm comparing to the other lady, but at the end of the day, someone might be looking for a certain thing. And then it's like, do we agree to this? Do we not? Anyway, fun times. So what's your main piece of advice that you would give to anyone who wants to start or grow their business? And then I know you always have a ton of business ideas. Maybe we can rattle off a few of those ideas. My piece of advice to start is first off, get rid of distress distractions, especially in today's day and age. Even me this morning, I'm like, I need to get rid of distractions. Get rid of things that suck up your time, like Instagram or TikTok or YouTube videos. If you're being distracted, then get rid of that. And for me, when I have an idea or like I'm building a business or I'm trying to think of a business, the best place for me to be is on an airplane. A five hour airplane ride where I don't have internet and I don't have any other thing that I can do except for be with my mind. And if I'm trying to think of a new business, just think about all the different business ideas I have and pros and cons. Or if I've already thought of a business idea, think about, okay, what are things I can do to make this business better or to grow the business and write them down, write them down, write them down, write them down. Give it hours, look it over, write more down, write more down. Just like big brainstorm of how to build the business and then start doing it. Google how you can do this, make phone calls, do this, do that. So there's a piece of land here I'm interested in and I want to rezone it. I don't know anything about that. I called city council. I've called the realtor. I've called someone else. I'm not stopping until I at least figure out if it can be done or not. That's an example. But you got to clear distractions from your mind and sit with yourself. And then you come up with all these things. Right? There's your list. So you write down the list and then you start making phone calls or you start doing things and you start to get, okay, like with the Airbnbs, it was like, we don't know what we're doing, but let's list it, right? Once it's listed, now we've got to learn everything to do. So you essentially make yourself accountable to the listing and somebody booked it. Ah, what do we do? So now you make yourself accountable to them. So when I was building mobile apps, I don't know what I'm doing, but we need a sketch of how it should look. Okay, here's a sketch. I send it to him. He's like, okay, well, you don't have what you need here. What do I need? You need these three buttons. You need five pages. You need X, Y, and Z. Okay, boom, boom. Send it back to him. So now he's telling me what to do. He's making me accountable to him. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, if I don't want him to work for me, then I could cut him. But now he's waiting for me to reply back to him. And so that kind of keeps me going. And so this is something maybe you could do a different thing on this because I learned this from you actually working for you. But you've got to figure out how to be more organized and calendar your to-do list better. Okay. Majority of people I know are not good at this. I think they're not good at it because it's very hard to be organized, which I don't think I'm organized and I don't think you're very organized, but we've got to hack, like we've hacked the system to help us organize our tasks and our calendaring. And I don't know if this is what you still do, but you taught me how to just use the basic Google calendar, write down everything you need to do, put the most important stuff at top and then go down, you go down, do, do it all, boom, boom. If you don't get to this today, but it still needs to be done and you can wait till tomorrow, move it to tomorrow. If you can't do it right now, put it on yesterday. If it's really hard to do it, then do it right then. If you want to need to call someone you don't want to, do that first, right? But then you just move down this calendar 
And then every time you think of something else to do, you add it on the calendar and you don't take it off the calendar until it's done. Yep. And it's incredible how many people I'll call or I'll text. I'll be like, have you done this? Have you done that? And they're I like, forget. no, but how do you like remember to tell me that? It's all here on the calendar and it won't be off until I do it or the person that needs to do it does it. That's another thing. If I need Joe to make sure he pays the rent. I call Joe, I tell him to pay rent. I don't check it off until he's paid the rent. I move it till tomorrow. Tomorrow comes by and I look at it, Joe, pay the rent. Oh, he actually paid that yesterday, take it off. He still hasn't paid that. I call Joe again, hey, I told you to pay the rent. Oh, okay, has he paid the rent yet? No, move it till tomorrow. Okay, finally, Joe, you need whatever, right? So anyways, that, even though- Because I feel like you are in my brain more than anyone has ever been. I'm like, that is exactly how I do it. And I've never seen anyone do it just like that before. Yeah, you, you taught me. As an entrepreneur, you need to be the one coming up with new ideas and you need to make sure it all gets done. The buck stops with you. Like you the one coming the up with new ideas. Stops- But the thing is, I think a lot of people don't think they have ideas, but every business that you have told me, you either were working for someone else and you saw the opportunity. It's not even this big, huge, crazy opportunity. You did like rock chip. Your brother was flipping a house. You're like, oh, I'll do that too. Someone said, you want to do Airbnbs together? You're like, let's look into it. Brittany's like, oh, swimsuits. Okay, let's try this. Look, you want some business ideas? How about rock chip repair? How about flipping mobile apps? How about Airbnb? How about flipping a house? Like, there's there's life. Totally. Yeah, Airbnb management. I guarantee you, if you wanted to, or whoever wanted to, they could be successful flipping houses, or wholesaling, or getting an Airbnb, or doing Airbnb tents, or Airbnb management. Like, or like- If C is making money doing that business, you can make money doing that business too, right? You can make money doing it. Mobile app repair. My roommate was doing it. And so I did it. Rockship repair. I worked for someone and then I did it. How about pest control? You know what? You want a business idea? Go and work for a pest control company for a summer. You'll meet a great group of guys. If you work hard and you're good at it, you'll make good money. And guess what? You'll learn the skills of pest control. You'll learn everything you need to say and do. And guess what you can do the next year? Start your own. Totally. You get paid to learn how to start a business. It's paid to learn. That's how college should be. You go and you do an internship or you work somewhere, whatever it is, you work there for six months and you're like, I like this. I want to dive into this more. And that's your college, right? Or it's okay. I don't like this. Now do this. Oh, I don't like that. Now do this. I like that. Now dive into that. That's your college. You know, I was saying there was this group that wanted to be veterinarian. And so they went to a veterinarian. And the first thing he did is showed them how to neuter a cat or a dog. And they're like, this is what you'll be doing 90% of the time. And none of them wanted to be a veterinarian after that. Right. <laughs> but the problem with college is Thank you go for you years. You go for years and you don't even know if that's the thing you want to do. It's so maddening. You get into a ton of debt and it's like, why can't you make money doing something that you think you love and then figure out if that's the thing or not? Anyway, I could go on and on about how maddening it is. I'll also say this though. It's not easy, but it's way better than working for someone else. Work for someone for 40 hours a week and you get bored and you sit there and you go do the cooler talk because you're bored, but you're just sitting there. Even if you're talking to your person next to you about your weekend, yeah, that's fun, but you're sitting there at the job, right? Take 40 hours and do it on your own business. Yeah. 
I guarantee you'll be successful. Most people can't do that. That's really hard. Take 30 hours and do it on your own business. 30 focused hours, you'll be successful. But it's hard work. Like I said, delete Instagram, delete the apps, lock yourself away in a closet, work hard, go out and eat. You're going to miss people. You're going to be lonely. And then there's a time where you can cut back and it does get easier and you could go on trips. Yeah. And you can do all that while you're building the business as well. But it's just at the beginning, especially, it's like you got to always be focused on building the business and making sure it's running smoothly and making sure you're making money. Like it has to be money focused. Where's the goal to profit? You got to think about the profit and the money. Because yeah. so, a lot of people just, get started in business and it's like a hobby, but they don't want to actually do the thing that they got to do to make money. It's not like you got to be smart, but you just got to like really analyze those numbers and think, okay, where's the money going to be made? I'm going to spend 10 grand and make 20 grand. If you spend 30 grand and make 20 grand, does that make sense? No, it's an outcome. Basic math. Sometimes I wish I was a dictator because I feel like if I could tell people what to do and they had to listen to me, like, or they die, I think they would all be rich. (laughs) Oh, I think that. I don't, mine isn't as like harsh (laughs) and like deathly, but I think if people would just listen to me, they would be successful, but nobody wants to listen. I've told people before, you want to start a business, do X, Y, and Z. And they're like, but what if I did A, B, and C? I'm like, that's not going to make you money. Like X, Y, and Z has been proven to work. So do X, Y, and Z. Uh, Yeah, but what about this thing over here? There's no money to be made there. Nobody else is doing that. So why do you think you could do that? The biggest concern is when someone comes to me with an idea, not even comes to me, like it's just an idea. What do you think about this idea? And I'm like, I don't know. Do you know of anyone doing it? No, it's great. No one's doing it. I'm like, probably won't work. (laughs) Like it might. Either you're the next Steve Jobs. Exactly. Or it's going to be very hard. Even Steve Jobs, like for example, Apple didn't even create the MP3 player. They just marketed it better. Another thing that we've talked about is what do you think about people that come to you with ideas? They have an idea and they want you to fund it and do it and share the profit with them. Have you ever had that happen? Oh yeah, all the time. It's like we've said, I've just came up with five or 10 ideas off the cuff that I believe would be successful. It's doing the work. Here's the thing. If you've got an idea, I'll partner with you, but I'm not going to do the work. You got to do the work and I'll take some of the money. How about that? Exactly. It's not the idea. It's the work that's hard, like vacation rental management. It's not. There's your idea. People do it all the time. And guess what? I still think I could be really good at it. I manage 10 properties right now and it's like a side gig. Imagine if I had a hundred properties I was managing and I got 20 to 30% on each one of those. That's like owning 30 vacation properties myself if I'm getting 30% of the revenue without owning a single one. And I've just got to have the people in place. Maybe I've got a plumber. Just do it like I've been doing at times 10. Shoot, I might quit what I'm currently doing and do that. I'll be right back. Okay. How many different things? You only had to focus on that one thing. How many different businesses do you think you could be successful at? I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, hundreds. Hundreds, right? Of course you get lucky-ish, but it's not really. You do the things, you take action, you see what other people are doing. We have an idea, but where do we get ideas from? We get them from seeing what other people are doing. We aren't born with all these ideas. Okay. This is my advice. Snip this one up and post it. Find someone who's not a genius, that's a business owner, and do exactly what they do. Because 
If they're a genius and you're like, okay, I can't code like that, or I can't build a spaceship, but find someone that's at your IQ level, which most people are, they're a business owner, do that business. In fact, I've got a business for sale for anyone who wants it. There's this dude here in Southern Utah, he does embroidery and like logo making on shirts and stuff. He's selling his business for like $130,000. That includes all the equipment, everything. And he's like this old guy that like just doesn't want to run it anymore. And I'm like, if someone wants to, they could come in here, make it more fun and enjoyable, make it cooler, do some marketing there and probably make a hundred to 200,000 a year off it. The business is already built, stuff like that. It's like they're for sale. And we actually almost bought it just for the equipment and not even to run with the current customers. But I like to look at that stuff and I'm like, how could I buy that and make it better? But it's always just build the same thing and then make it better. But don't worry about making it better until you've built it. That's the problem is people are like, I can make it better before I build it. But it's like, you don't even know how to build it yet. Build it first yeah. and then make it better. Even like you flipped houses, right? You flipped houses and then you made it bigger. You did more than one or two or five or 10. You did a hundred. And then you're like, how can I make that even better? I'll start teaching people. Yep. How can I make that even better? I'll hire coaches to help me do it so I can get more people. How can I make that even better? And so I'll sell it. now you're That's doing something that other people aren't doing. And I'll then you sell, sell it. it. And just collect the check every month. Yeah. But to each their own. It's a win-win and people love it. To your point of finding someone who's not quote unquote like that smart or whatever. It's funny because today I was listening to this podcast of these like really smart tech guys. And afterwards I started to feel overwhelmed. And like, I didn't know anything and this like imposter syndrome. And so I had to go back and listen to people that are just down to earth. For example, afterwards, I listened to a 16 year old that is having success in business, but isn't well spoken. I'm like, okay, like I'm right. keep going forward. Keep it simple. The other day I was at church and I met this guy and I'm like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I own a business doing party supplies, renting out party equipment or wedding equipment, chairs, tables, decorations, and that stuff. And he seems to be pretty successful, but he's an older, like, boomer guy that doesn't know the latest trends in weddings and fashion. For a second, I'm like, wait, if he can do this, I could do it. During the busy season, spring, summer, fall, everything's sold out. And so there's a huge need for it. There's Anyway, so if that's something I wanted to pursue, maybe I'd ask him, like, what are the things that sell out the most or whatever? Oh, chairs and tables. Okay. Go buy some chairs and tables from wherever and put them in my garage, open up a business and say, hey, come rent these. I'll deliver them for this fee and get it going. Now people are delivering. Do you also have signs? Yeah, actually I do. What signs do you need? I wanted to say this. Okay, I'll make them. You'll pay for them. That covers the cost. Now I've got signs. Do you have silverware? Oh yeah, actually I do. I'll go buy it real quick. Here, here's your silverware. They just paid for half the silverware. And before you know it, your garage is full and you need to get a warehouse. Yeah. That's how you build a business. There's another idea for you. I love it. Let me know when you build it and give me 20%. Yeah. Like it's that easy. But it really is. It is that you think you could do. Just go start doing it. Don't go blow a ton of money. Figure out how you can do it with spending little to no money and then grow right. into it. Here's another idea, which food is hard because a lot of waste. But hey, how about you go sell ice cream, go to the fair and sell it. See if people buy it. Oh, they like it. What flavors do they like most? Okay, buy those flavors. Don't buy the flavors that didn't sell. Oh, they want toppings. What toppings do they want? Okay, get those toppings. Oh, they want like fun toppings. Get cool, unique toppings. Oh, maybe you're doing Star Wars toppings. Maybe you're doing theme toppings. Okay, you want to do a big banana split? You want to do the whole kitchen sink? What are people buying? Grow your little ice cream stand that you started selling at the fair. Now you have people coming to you. You've got a food truck maybe. Okay, 
They like this new theme thing you got. Maybe you're doing Disney, Star Wars, whatever. Maybe you get sued. That's a good thing because that means people are like recognizing, oh, you're making waves. But make it fun. Do some cool toppings like those shakes that you see that have like cookies and candy in them. You want an idea? Do shakes like that. They're only seen in like New York or Vegas. Go do them in your small town. People will love them. Sell them for 15 bucks. That's what they sell them for, whatever. They cost three or $4 to make. Do that out of a cart. I guarantee you it'll be successful. Build it. What do people like on them? Oh, Oreos. Oh, the big cookies. Okay, go get the big cookies. If you like baking, bake your own cookies. Like, it's that easy. And you've sold ice cream and stuff with your kids, right? Yeah, we did homeschool this summer. And I'm like teaching them science. I'm like, this is dumb. They don't need to know about the African <laughs> lizard that has a red tail that's poisonous. So I'm like, for my classes, we're going to do business. We would buy the merchandise is what we would call it. Yeah. So we go and buy the merchandise. We were going to do home-baked cookies, but we just were like, that takes a lot of time for the kids, whatever. So we would just go buy the cookies at the grocery store that were already made, not the sugar ones. Those are gross. But the other chocolate chip ones, the moist ones that probably have tons of hydrogenated oils. So we'd go and buy those, and then we'd get some Capri Suns. And actually, we at first we were doing Capri Suns, but then we realized the Kool-Aid sell just as fast and they're half the price. So then we'd get the Kool-Aids yes. on cost. So we're going and selling cookies and Capri Suns. We'd pick them up from the grocery store, sell them at the park right next to the beach, and with the money that the kids made, they could go play arcades or go buy a toy. And they loved doing it. They would want to do that instead of go to the beach. I had to be like, all right, we're going to stop selling and go to the beach now. Yeah. But so we did that at first. And then I was like, let's hot on the beach. Let's try ice cream bars. So we would start selling ice cream bars. My eight-year-old and six-year-old, they made $100 in two hours of selling ice cream on the beach. Crazy. And at the end, they were melting a little bit. We would get like dry ice and do this and that. But guess what? They were still selling. They made $100 in two hours. Imagine if you take that to the next level, which I was just doing it to teach them how to like sell and how to make money. And they learned how to do it and they did great. Another thing talking about the boys, they had these candy bars they had to sell for school and they would get like a prize if they sold them all. I like the idea of helping them learn how to sell. So I went to this really busy park. We tried to go door to door, but half the people weren't home and some people had already bought from other neighborhood kids. So I'm like, okay, we're going to a park. We went to a park where they were having a farmer's market. So there was tons of people there that were like eating food and buying stuff. It took them maybe 20 minutes to talk talk to one person because they were scared. They were scared to go up to a stranger and talk to him. I finally went with them that first time and someone bought three or four. So then I pushed them over to go to the next person. After they made their first two or three sales, guess what they were doing? Walking to everyone, like running to people. No, I want to talk to them. I want to talk to them. Within an hour, both of them had sold their whole box of chocolates. Now they were playing at the park. They had all this money and they were like, let's go get another box. I want to go do this again. So it was just getting past that little obstacle. And that's how business is. You'll run into these hard patches. You get through those and it gets easier and easier. And I think that's the thing we talked so, about. Where did our business background come from? Like mom and dad don't have a business background. But we didn't have money yeah. growing up. A lot of ex, we have extra money, I should say. Dad was a great provider and everything, but we had six kids, not a lot of extra money. We would have to go figure out how to make money. We'd go sell candy bars. We would do right. Oh yeah. But, of stuff. yeah. I think just being willing to talk to people, but also be like, I want to make money. How do I make money? Figuring out how to make money rather than relying on the quote unquote system, going to college, working for someone else. If you really are like, Hey, if I don't make money, I don't eat. How am I going to make money? You can figure it out right. and then just go implement on it. Yeah. It's just doing it. And then going back to that calendaring thing, you you like come up with stuff to do yeah. and then that's how you remember to do it. 
Because no one's telling you what to do. You've got to tell yourself what to do. Do you use Boomerang? Or do you use like the snooze on Gmail um, at all or anything like that? Since you did the calendaring thing, the one new thing about too is Boomerang. It's an app that you can get on Gmail. And basically any email that is a to-do item or like you said, someone's supposed to do something, but I'm not sure if they're going to do it or not. But it's in the email. You just click for it to come back to you in a week or whatever. Oh, yeah. So anyway, it's the same similar concept. Same idea. Yeah. But then it can follow up with people or you can click on come back to me in a week unless they respond. But yeah, that's another little. Can you do a reel teaching us how to do that and then send it to me so then I could see yeah. it? You inspired me to do okay. a real teaching people how to do calendaring. Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> do it. I'm telling you, it seems stupid or dumb if you don't really like do it because it seems chaotic or messy. And there's probably other sophisticated programs that you can do this with. Totally. But there's nothing I've found that's just simpler. That's just, it's just like a to-do list, like writing it on paper, but it's virtual. So you have it on your phone or whatever. And then it's so easy to edit, move yeah. it around, but you need to use it every yes. day. Yes. And you need to write down anything you think of. You need to write it on your calendar. And every day before the next day, I go through and I just make sure it's ready to go for the next day. And then in my mind, I'm ready to go for that next day. And if I wake up, I sleep well, I'm tired, just whatever. I sit down and I get back in the zone. Yeah. All right, brother. This has been fun, man. Thanks for being our first guest. Everyone give Dak a round of applause. Woo! We appreciate you taking yeah. your time. I know you're busy. Really appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Yeah, you bet. And just like you mentioned, I'll be honest, this has been the first time I've done an interview in several years. It's like figuring out the tech. But then once you figure that out, now I'm like, oh, now it'll be way easier next time. I feel more comfortable. I got the right. tech figured out. It's just failing yeah. forward. And you're not really failing, but just taking action. Just go. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. We'll see you this weekend, man. Take care. Okay. See ya. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with my broski, Derek. I'm pretty sure he threw out a partnership opportunity there for anyone who wants to run an Airbnb management company. So anyway, hit me up if you're interested and I can put you in touch with him. Some of my biggest takeaways from this interview are sometimes I think people don't realize just how much opportunity there is out there. Like opportunity is everywhere. What is something that you're interested in or seems fascinating to you? Or maybe you know someone who's doing a certain thing and they're making money do it and they could kind of be a mentor to you or show you the ropes. You could learn a skill or work with someone for a while and then go and do that thing on your own. It's all about coming up with a simple idea, something that someone else is probably already doing, but then you can just do it in your way, doing a little bit of research on that and then just go start taking action bit by bit. Don't take big risks. You don't need to take some action, make some money, decide if you want to go bigger or if you want to try something else out. But you've got absolutely nothing to lose by entering that corridor, just getting going and you have a whole lot to gain. I mean, within the last year, Derek now has four young kids at home and he's constantly taking them to their practices and games and they're traveling and going to Hawaii and California and Oregon and just traveling all over the place. And he's able to have these extra resources and even more important this flexibility because one day he decided I'm tired of working for my brother. <laughs> Just kidding. But it's kind of true. He decided I am unemployable. I want to live life on my terms, make the money that I want, do what I want and not be limited. But he didn't overcomplicate it. He didn't go out and write this big, huge business plan. He found out what other people were doing and took the things that he knew how to do and applied that in a way to make money. And then he just kept learning more as he went. 
one step at a time. You don't really learn a whole lot until you get going. And then, like he said, you now have that accountability to something or someone else, which helps you to keep learning and to keep going, but still have the freedom and flexibility to always change it up or say, no, I don't want to work with this person or do this thing. I want to do it this way. And there is nothing greater than creating that thing, than building that thing for you and your family and your future. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us on today's episode of Millionaire University. That was a lot of fun. I think we're going to keep doing interviews like this from time to time. If you have yet to leave us a rating and review, that would really mean the world to us. It'll only take you a few seconds and it would mean so much to us. And if you have yet to get our free business course, go to millionaireuniversity.com slash training. Other than that, get out there. Let's do this. You can do it. I believe in you. Don't even get all like crazy hyped up. Just what's something you want to do? Do a little bit of research on it and then just start taking those first steps. Then you'll come up with more questions and then you take some more steps and then you start getting traction, which will give you more questions and then you'll find more answers and you'll just keep learning as you go. We believe in you. We can do this together. We got your back. Where will you be one year from now? I can't wait to see. Until next time, this is Justin Williams, Chief Money Maestro, signing off. Hey, Eric Fisher here. And if you love the conversations and lessons happening on this show, and you've heard my voice before, you'll love my show, Beyond the To-Do List. It's a podcast about productivity and getting things done in all the areas where we wear multiple hats and roles, but also about the true meaning of productivity, living a more meaningful life. Look, you've got a never-ending to-do list, but add this podcast to your to-do list and it will help you tackle the rest. Go right now, wherever you're listening to this, and search Beyond the To-Do List and hit follow or subscribe. Start listening and get that boost for your productivity that you've been needing. Again, that's beyond the to-do list. Search in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.